This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you wad your napkin up at the end of a meal? Do you use your phone in a live performance? Do you sabotage your recipes when people ask for them? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things I can make. Everybody, it's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And we're in New York today. And let's just get right down to it with our moose bouche. So for our moose bouche today, I want to talk about napkin etiquette. Because I think people uh, need to know. I love it. I love napkin etiquette. Yeah. And so this is like for dining out. Like if you're at home and you want to have like a roll of paper towels, have at it. It's your home. Do what you want. No problem. So we're dining out. We're in a restaurant of any caliber, but you are given a napkin. So at least that caliber. And this is a cloth napkin. A cloth napkin. Because it makes a difference. It does make a difference. So we're talking about cloth napkins. So if you were dining somewhere and there's a host of the evening, the first thing to note is just wait to put the napkin in your lap until your host does. So wait for the host. Now, if there's no host, then wait until like enough people are seated around you. Then we deal with the napkin. So now we're dealing with the napkin. So you're going to take the napkin and you're going to unfurl it, but you are not a bullfighter. (laughs) So you're not going to elaborately shake it out like laundry. Um, Ideally, we're going to kind of do it below table level. Um, We're going to do it discreetly. I actually really dislike when restaurants think they're being fancy and they assist you with the napkin. Have you had this happen? Uh, I don't care for this. No. Yeah. I don't actually find it fancy. I don't care for this. Yeah, I, love, I, don't. I just love it. I yeah. care for when you say that. I yeah. love it so much. If you are listening and you run a fancy restaurant, like don't do this. Well, cause you're touching somebody. You're yeah. You're kind of in uh, my personal zone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I also know how to deal with the napkin. Right. So it's like, trust that I'm going to put this where it goes. Trust that I know where my lap is. Yeah. So I also understand because waiter, as a waiter, I was told to do so many things uh-huh. that sometimes you're just like, I don't want to do this either. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we have the napkin, we have unfurled it, and we're going to cover the entire lap. It goes over both legs. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people where the napkin is just over one leg. Well, sometimes it slips. Well, but I see a lot of men, particularly, where they just cover one leg. Okay. So we don't do that. We cover the whole lap. And the napkin is not a bib. 
with one exception, which we'll get to at the end. But I think I know what that exception is. I bet you don't. Well, it's when I use it. <laughs> <laughs> so if the napkin is super big, then you're not going to actually unfurl the whole thing. It's not an Afghan blanket. You're just going to like fold it in half and then the folded side goes towards you. I love an Afghan. But this is not that. Right. So napkin use. We are blotting. We are not wiping. We are not spitting. We are not blowing. We're blotting. Right. That's the ideal usage. Also, let's not put our gum in the napkin. Right. It's a cloth. That's why I said, let's make sure we know it's a cloth napkin. <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't put gum in cloth napkins. You can do things with paper napkins that you cannot do with cloth napkins. Correct. Yes. This is very important. Some people have to clean this. Actually, somebody on uh, one of our Instagram followers sent us a photo of them. Uh, they work in a restaurant. Oh, that's right. And they sent us a photo of like somebody who put gum in a napkin. It just, was like, just so rude. It's rude. Yeah. So don't do that. So you are dining. You need to get up temporarily. Now, this is where people find it a little controversial. Where do you put the napkin? I put it, well, can I say something? Please. Know that if you're a <laughs> fancy just place. just raise your hand. <laughs> I did raise my hand. Know that if you're a fancy place, the uh-huh. waiter or waitress is going to refold your napkin. Yeah, but you have gotten up off the table. The napkin was in your lap. Where is it going? I always sort of like pull it into a little long teepee. Not, I mean, you know what I mean? No, So it's not us. like I pull it through the, I make a circle with my Thumb you and create a finger, little napkin ring. And I just, to make so it's not like flopping around and mm-hmm. then I put it next to my plate. Okay, wrong. I mean, that's what I'm going to do anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah, what you want to do. I guess you could also put it on your chair. You want to put it on your chair. And you want to put it on the seat of the chair. It doesn't go on the arm, it doesn't go on the back. And yeah, you do want to kind of ghost it. You want to create like a little Halloween ghost out Which of it. Which he just did the same thing when I did with the finger circle. But I'm calling it ghosting. But you, we recognize that ghosting is something else. Well, in, in napkin etiquette context. So <laughs> when somebody goes, he ghosted me. Oh, he folded your napkin. <laughs> <laughs> but you do not want to actually elaborately fold it into squares as you do this. Just no. like the, the ghost uh, shape uh, is fine. And you leave it on your chair. Now, if a restaurant comes along and wants to refold it or bring you a new napkin, that's on them. Which they also happens a lot at wedding. I was recently with a friend at a wedding mm-hmm. and the waitress was coming through and refolded mm-hmm. and he didn't know. And I was like, oh, this is at a fancy wedding or any fancy event. The wait staff has to come through every time you get up and refold your napkins. Yeah. So your friend was not aware that this was going to happen to them and was like, what has happened to my napkin? Well, there was a third person who left and then somebody came through and they were like, oh no, their person's still eating. I was like, they're just refolding the napkin. Okay. Yeah. Good thing to know. Yeah. They're not stealing it. <laughs> right. So at the end of the meal, where does the napkin go? Next to the plate. Okay. So you, that shows that you can take it. That you can. Not you, that you're finished. I'm done. That you can take the napkin. You can't take the napkin home with you. No, I mean, you can, but you better be real slime. I'm just it. clarifying. <laughs> Yeah. So you keep your napkin in the lap until you're done. So even if you're done eating and there's no more food happening, the napkin stays in your lap until you're ready to depart the meal. And then when you are ready to depart, you will take it, you will loosely sort of fold it into square if you'd like. Some people do the ghost method. There's some different thoughts if you're, you know, depending on who you want to listen to. What you do is don't wad it. You do not wad it for sure. And you do not leave it on a plate. You don't, you don't toss it on a Yeah, there's plate. no napkin tossing. Yeah. And then it goes sort of to the left, ideally, of where the plate was. And then you depart, and then that's napkin etiquette. There it is. Voila. Oh, the one exception with the bibs. Well, first, let me hear about your exception. I realized after I said that that I actually have two exceptions. Okay. And both of them are gauche, and you would be mortified. All right, bring it. One of them is if I'm eating crab's legs. Yeah, if there's a crustacean involved. If there's, uh, a, if there's any kind of a shell that I'm breaking. Mm-hmm. I'm, get, I'm putting it up around my okay. neck. Okay, this is the main girl speaking. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to squirt. Okay. 
And the other option is, obviously, I wouldn't do this if I was dining with the queen. Okay. However, if I'm with friends and I am wearing white, there is no chance that I am keeping it white if I don't have a napkin up. So I'm just putting a napkin on and looking like an idiot. Okay. All right. Well, I wouldn't do this at a business dinner. But if I'm with friends and we're grabbing something and then like, say, if I have to go to a show after and I'm wearing my show shirt, napkins going on. Okay. Because right. I get wild when I eat. So the mm-hmm. exception that I was thinking of in my head. Neither of those? Neither of those, so weird, is on an airplane. And on an airplane, if you are flying in a class of service where you are given a cloth napkin, there is a very good chance that in that napkin is sewn a buttonhole. What? And you can take the buttonhole on the corner of the napkin and you can attach it to your button-down shirt sort of, you know, chest height, and it affix it to your shirt during the meal. Well, A, that seems sexist. And B, it's unbelievable, this other world that's happening on the other side of the curtain. <laughs> so We're not even getting napkins yeah. in the back, and they're getting sewn buttonholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, many people are unaware that this exists. Yeah. Uh, I would be like, there's a hole in my napkin. <laughs> right. <laughs> so thank you for forewarning us. Yeah. So if you see a buttonhole in your napkin, um, you are allowed to attach it to your button down shirt because you're the man flying business class, obviously. Obviously, if you're the woman flying business class, you have a nice blouse on. It's just a reminder that you are not welcome here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's what the buttonhole in the airplane napkin is all about. Oh, yeah. So interesting. I would have been like, is this a part of an adventure where I have to find where it connects to and then there's a clue? Yeah, your shirt. <laughs> bon appetit. And we're back. And now it's time to go deep. Very deep. So for today, I want to talk about how to behave at a live performance. And I think most live performances, similar audience etiquette. Yeah, the rules feel pretty across the board. Yes. In an earlier episode, we did have some specific rules that come up when you go to the opera. Right. Like you're allowed to boo when you go to the opera. Which is, you are not, should not be booing other places. Should not boo most places, yeah. But I think just in general, I think we just want to remember, you're not at home. Those are people. Human beings. On stage. They can hear you. They can see you and they can hear you. And so can the people around you who also paid. Yeah. So I think we just remember that. That's it. All right. End of the show. Bye. (laughs) Clear. We fixed it. Thanks, Leah. (laughs) Yeah. But it is unbelievable. Yeah. That people are just unaware. I also think we've, we've come to a point in our culture where there's so much like Yelp reviews and people commenting on articles and videos and that people then it rolls into their inhuman life in the human interactions where they're like, I should comment on this in real time. Oh, you mean like we're so used to just commenting and rating our yeah. Uber drivers <laughs> and we're liking things on Instagram that- And sending in, in complaints and things where we're like, I should just do this. At all times. At all times. With human interactions. And you're like, no, oh, don't do it. That's an interesting theory. I like that. Yeah, that's not wrong. That's what I think people are like, my opinion matters right in this moment. Yeah, and I need to express it. Yeah. And people care what I think. Yep. Yeah. I was at a performance recently of Avida, and some woman was basically watching the entire performance through her phone. Yeah. I'll see that now. People hold up their phones to like tape it. Yeah. And I'll be like, you're here. Yeah. You can actually look at them. Also, it affects the person behind you. For sure. This was so distracting. It's so distracting. I mean, I guess also people are so conditioned to only watching things on screens that when you have to watch it live... Maybe there's just too much depth. <laughs> You're like, but it's too much. <laughs> I need I need some like borders around to the screen to help me just focus. But then everybody behind you is now affected. Yeah. And I mean, cell phones in general, if you're at a live performance, if you have to look at your phone, make it quick and turn the 
turn the lightness down. Yeah, if you have to. But when is that happening? I mean, if there's a medical emergency. Or sure, okay. You're and, waiting for somebody who's late. You know what I mean? Yeah. But pull it out real quick. Look, put it right back. Because it affects the people's experience near you. And honestly, performers can see it. Yeah. And I think some performances, no phones at all. Yeah. Like if it's I, the theater... It's the symphony. Like your phone actually should just be powered off. It actually is one of my great fears that my phone will accidentally go off during a performance. Oh, my too. It's I can't, I double check. And yeah. now if I'm with a friend, I'll always be like, I'm doing the double check. So then they've seen it too, right. because I also am recognizing that I've already checked it once and yeah. we all know that I'm being crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm that person that like leaves the house and then runs back in to make sure the gas is off. Like I make sure. I am too. Oh, there it is. Oh, we find something. Yeah. I'll actually turn my phone off all the way. Yeah, I think you do. At like music concerts, I know people like to take photos during a concert and all that. I think the rule should be you can only take enough photos to post it on social media to make the point that you're there, Mm -hmm. that your life is better or that people should be (laughs) jealous. And then once you've achieved that, that should be it for the photos. Yeah, put them away. Because also your concert photos are terrible. (laughs) They're they're blurry. You're, You're far away. Even if you have good seats, they're not good photos. Like these aren't good photos and you're not going to look at them again. Right. And it's fun to get a little fun clip. Yeah. You get a little video clip. You get a couple photos. You got one video clip and like then we put away the phone. I think and unless somebody's Dolly Parton and they have like a huge, wildly established audience, it's helpful. A lot of performers want you to put the photo, tag it. You know what I mean? Because it's helpful. But holding your cell phone up the entire time to tape it. Yeah. No, don't do that. I also don't think that you need to yell out when you disagree with something. Okay. This feels not hypothetical. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Well, let's talk about comedy club etiquette. Well, comedy club etiquette is, you know, I think people think of comics as such a different art form mm-hmm. because we do talk with the audience. True. There's more interaction. There's more interaction, but it is still inherently a show. Right. And so don't be upfront on your cell phones. Uh, you don't need to help us out by just yelling out things. Okay. Also, often there's multiple comics on a show. You might not like one of us. Mm-hmm. You could wait until, just wait until the next person. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't have to comment in real time. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a, I mean, obviously everybody's welcome to not like whatever they like. I don't know if you just need to yell at people. Yeah. I mean, that does feel rude. And, and that actually is not part of like the comedian audience contract. Yeah. Because comics are, we all have different point of views. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you should at least. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise it's, you know. A lot of people groan. Okay. Oh. Okay. Which I actually don't mind. I think it's hilarious. Oh, uh, that was a groaner. Yeah. Okay. It, we'll, we'll like, as comics backstage, we'll be like very groany audience. Oh, it's a style of audience. Yeah. It's a, it's really a group of, it's a particular audience where they're groaners. Mm. But just, uh, yeah. Or, they, or you don't have to worry about the performer. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think it happens more to women, like, because women tend to be, when people are self-depreciating, mm. I think sometimes people feel like they should let the person know, oh, it's going to be okay. Oh. It's, it's like, like, no, this is an act. It's, or if, if it's not an act, it's like, I'm fully aware that of my thing. Right. Yes, I'm uh, in public uh, <laughs> telling you about it. Right. I guess in the end of the day, you just want to be cognizant of the fact that you are not alone. Yeah, not alone. I also, and this may be, I think sometimes if you're going to something, have an open mind. I do feel like I see more and more people come out to things like they just want to not like it. Oh, so you're kind of connecting bad audience etiquette with people being in like a bad mood. 
Well, they come out and they're like, uh, I don't want to be here. I'm going to, I'm going to be on my phone the whole time. Oh yeah. Like okay. when that person was in the play, I'm going to be on my phone the whole time doing business or right. I'm going to talk to my friend during a play. Right. Or I'm going to sit, go to a movie that is clearly an entertainment movie, not a Scorsese. Right. I'm going to, you know, and then just be irritated that it's a low class the whole time. It's like, you've gone to this event. Mm-hmm maybe participate in it enough to not upset the people around you. Yeah, have the right attitude about the thing you're about to do. Or don't go. Yeah, stay home. Or I see it at comedy shows all the time where people come in, they cross their arms in front of them and they have this like, make me laugh. Right. It's like, this was voluntary. (laughs) You're like, why? This is not court mandated comedy. I know what's happening. You know what I mean? I just think, is it horrible if we try to have a good time together? Yeah. No, that's a good point. You don't want to be there if you want to be on your phone the whole time? Cool. But then do that at a coffee shop. Not where people behind you are trying to watch a play. Or if you and your friend wanted to catch up, don't go to the opera. Yeah. Okay. And the other one was, which you just don't bad mouth the thing until you're out of the venue. Yeah. Wait until you're uh, out of your shot. Yeah. Because like if you're at a play, someone's mom could be sitting next to you and you're like, that person sucks. And that was their mom. Yeah. Okay. Just don't do it. Well, this is good. These are good tips. I mean, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I agree. Great. Great. I mean, I think it just enjoy it and support live performances. You should support live performances. Yeah. Don't let other people's bad behavior discourage you. Set a good example. Have a good time. Have a great time. And remember that you have a, a responsibility as well. I also go to some things that are, you know, people are still putting it together. You know what I mean? It's mm, workshopping where they're workshopping it and I'm going to have a great time anyway. Yeah. You know, the lighting's not ready yet there. And you're just like, whatever, I'm here to support and learn and see, have a new experience. Mm-hmm. I actually find that. With rare exception, even bad performances were still good. Yeah. Or were still worthwhile. There's always something lovely to take away. Like, I didn't feel like I totally wasted my time. Yeah. Like, there was something to get out of it. Or if it was so bad, and I can think of a couple occasions, it was so bad that it's actually a great story. Right. It's like Showgirls. Oh, Showgirls is wonderful. Because it's wild. It's um, one of the greatest films. It should be on the Criterion Collection list. Okay. Well, this is another agree to disagree. Oh, I wish you could see Nick's face right now because this is the same look I got when I said that I may put my finger on my plate <laughs> to get the remaining like cheese sauce. Um, I think the audience is with me that Showgirls is one of the finest films of American cinema. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm scissoring my hands right now. <laughs> and we're going to push you down the stairs and make it look like an accident. <laughs> and now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already, we start at a 10. And then we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm I'm so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. 
Is that what the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going <laughs> to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from the wilderness. Oh. Oh, you were ready for that. <laughs> well, I stayed in my lane. <laughs> oh, oh, the student becomes the master. <laughs> Our first question is, I was given a gift card, but when I went to use it, it said it had already been redeemed. Should I tell the person who gave me the card? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because they wouldn't want, I'm sure there was an error somewhere. I would assume so. Because if someone gave you a gift card that they knew was redeemed... That's bold. Yeah, that is a statement and you need to know that about them right away. Yeah. Or you know what you did. Yeah. Oh, oh. You know what you did. Oh, wow. So maybe you don't say something. (laughs) Maybe that's that's the equivalent of a horse head in the bed. Yeah. If you haven't not put someone in your movie that was uh, (laughs) backed by the mob. Otherwise, I think you can just. I would say something. I would just be like, hey. Oh, by the way, I was trying to buy something. and And it was already. What should I do? Right. Like, oh, and hopefully I'm sure they'll be mortified. Yeah. Right. So do that. Our next question. Oh, this is real controversial. A friend wants my recipe for my famous chocolate cake and I don't want to give it to him. It's sort of my signature cake and it's something I'm known for. How do I decline? This is not controversial at all. It's your cake. It's your signature recipe. Oh, we have very different opinions. You are not obligated. Mm -hmm. What you do is you put it on somebody else. I'm so delighted that you love it. I'd be happy to make it for you. This is a family recipe and I'm not allowed to give it out. Not allowed. Because my family, it's just a family thing and I would be shunned. Oh, I do not agree with that. A lot of people do agree with you. I will say there are a lot of people who will take your position or they'll give the recipe and they'll sabotage it. See, that seems very passive aggressive. They'll like leave an ingredient out or they'll change the amounts or they'll like change some technique. I think that's a bolt. There are people that will be like, oh, there isn't a recipe. I just, you know, throw things together. I never even measure. I would just rather people be direct with me than be dishonest because they don't want to share. So this is going to sound like something you say. Okay. I don't see what the big deal is. Just give the recipe. This person doesn't want to though. Yeah, but like, what's the big deal? It's the There's big so deal many things in my life that I don't want to do. Right. Half of my life is like things I don't want to do. I would give anybody a recipe. I don't, this is not my thing, but this person, it's their thing. Okay. And if you have a thing. Okay. But I think you should own it and say, this is my thing. So do you think that is a polite response? Which one? Just setting the boundary and be like, no, it's a I don't think the person's, family secret. I don't think the Take person should grave. have assumed that you would share. I actually, this weekend, asked somebody for a recipe. Mm-hmm. For, for what? Unbelievable gluten-free cookies. You don't even know they're gluten-free. Okay. And I said, is this something you'd be willing to share? Okay. And I would have been fine if they were like, 
no, I'm going to market these and sell these. Okay. Because I'm asking them to share something that's maybe their thing. I mean, if there is a commercial aspect to this, that, that changes the equation a little bit. Or also maybe this is like a community where people show up and they have competitive baking. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I don't sure. know what the backstory is mm-hmm. here. But if this is how you feel and you don't want to share, I just think you should be upfront about it. Not rude. Just be like, hey, this is like my secret cake. Mm-hmm. Happy to share other things with you, but not that. Of course you understand. Uh Uh-huh. I don't love that. I know you don't. Yeah. But I'm sticking with it. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I guess... I would... I'm not saying... I'm just saying for this person. Yeah. you. I I, I, I hear that you don't want to be this person. You just want to accept that this person doesn't have to. No, I'm not saying I don't want to be this person. I'm just saying that this is not my thing. Right. You're happy to give any recipe. Right. I hear that you are happy to give any recipe anybody asks you for. Right. Leah Bonima, free recipes. I have three. You guys are all welcome to them. But I think one way out of this, if you don't want to give the recipe, is to try and demure. Because a lot of times people actually ask for recipes and they are just being polite. They don't actually want the recipe. They're not actually going to make this thing. It's just like a thing people say. Like, oh my gosh, the frittata is so great. Can I get the recipe? I'm never going to make this frittata. Right. So ignore it. So you could just like, oh, of course. And then like, are they really going to follow up? Like, they're not going to follow up. Okay, say they follow up. What's next? I would turn it over because so much, especially cake, so much of cake is technique that like the way you do it is not going to be the same as the way I do it. We have different ovens. We have different pans. We're probably buying different butter, you know. We're just not going to have the same cake. And also, everybody knows this is my cake. So in our community of competitive bakers, they know that I had this cake first. So I would just give it. Okay. Hmm. We have differences of opinions. No, but I think we're also reading the question differently. She's saying, I'm not giving up the cake. Yeah, and I'm saying, I think you should. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. Okay. Our next question. (laughs) I was taught that when signing a note or letter as a couple or family, the name of the woman is supposed to come first. For example, sincerely, Jane, John, and Joe. But as of late, I've seen a mix of this and sign-offs where the man's name comes first. So which is the most appropriate for this time and age? Leah? I think that whoever's handwriting it's in Mm -hmm. is the first name. Okay, that's what you think? So... Not that's what I think. That's what I practice. Okay. So I think... Historically, there's a lot of different answers to this. And so the answer you get depends on how far back you want to go right. and who you want to listen to. So like, are you an Emily Post person? Are you a Miss Manners person? Are you a Baldridge person? Like, you know, or you want to even go further back in time. Um, because one way to do this is like the man's name goes first and then the wife's and then the children descending ages. Right, because it goes by who's whose property. <laughs> right, chattel. <laughs> so I think uh, in today's day and age, and I think this Manners actually agrees with me on this one. I'd have to look that up. The person that is writing it puts their name last. Really? I think that's the proper thing to do. Correct. I don't sign both of our names though. You can. I don't. That's why I'm saying I put mine first and and then then I write and, and then I leave the card for my significant other and I say, hey babe, I'm going to send this out. Sign it. Oh, I think that's fine then because everybody's signing their own names. Yeah. And then whatever order you want to do. I don't sign his name ever. But like sometimes I send thank you notes on our behalf to people uh, who have done nice things for our show and I will write Leah and Nick. Interesting. And it's in my handwriting. It's on your behalf, but my name goes last. Okay. Yeah. So that is proper. The letter writer goes last regardless of gender, regardless of the relationship between the people. The only exception I guess is like if you're including a family pet in this, then you might want to like add the family pet afterwards. So it's like Leah and Nick and Fido. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not quite sure where the dog goes on that. Right. I, I don't think, know what the exact rule is on that. 
maybe is it Leah and Fido and Nick? Feels weird to have Fido in the middle. It does. Right? It sort of feels like Fido should have his own line. Mm. Or does Fido come first? Because Fido's no, the most important. I would important. say Nick and Leah. And Fido says hello. That's nice. Okay, let's do that. So our next question is, we were invited to stay with some friends, but when we got there, it turns out it was super dirty and everything about it was uncomfortable. We toughed it out, but we really wanted to check out early. What should we do if this happens to us again? I think first off, next time, don't stay there. Yeah, there should not be a next time. So I assume the again is at a different place. Yes, if you have all these friends who have horrible (laughs) homes that are uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, I think unfortunately, if you come Mm. and unless you have to cut the trip short. Yes, there's something back home that requires your attention. But if you were just leaving and then staying in the same city, I don't think there's any delicate way to do it. Yeah. I mean, there would need to be something like you have a dog and I didn't realize I was allergic excuse. Right. Oh, I think there's that. Yeah. There's, um, I have a 3am conference call in Bangalore for work and I don't want to disturb you. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, it's really, <laughs> yeah. cause you it is making a comment. Yeah. And yeah, there's no way to like check out early without it being like, Oh, there's something about your home. Yeah. That without hurting somebody's feelings, I yeah. think it will affect the relationship. Yeah. You can't. So you have to decide how important to you it is. You definitely have to stick it out for one night. Let's say the trip was like two nights. Can you check out after one night? Nope, not if you're staying in the same city. Yeah, I can't be like, oh, that mattress and my sciatica. I do think that if you say you're going back to their place again, this mm-hmm. this city, and this person says, oh, you can stay with us, you don't have to. You definitely don't have to. You don't have to go back again and want to visit them. You know, and people you can just say, oh, I just want to have my own space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which people understand you're out of town. You want to have your own space. But I, I feel like checking out early under any circumstances is- It's a statement. It's going to hurt people's feelings. So you just have to decide if you want to make that statement or not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you have statements for us or questions? You can send them to us through our website, where you raised by wolf.com, or you can send us a voicemail, 267-CALL-RBW, because we want to hear your voice. We really want to hear it. We get more nuance. Yes. We get tone. We can understand better what you're trying to get over to us. Yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of subtext. Yes. A lot of subtext. But you guys aren't giving us. You're giving us the straightforward. We know there's backstory. Oh, there's backstory. And we know there's an answer that you want from us. Yes. And if we hear your voice, we know whether or not we want to give it to you. Yeah. I'll give it to you. I will. I will agree with you. I make no promises. <laughs> so send them to us. Leave us a voicemail, 267-CALL-RBW, or you can send us a text message, but we want the voicemail. Please. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors, you get new patterns, you recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible 
irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're back, and now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Is it a game, or is it just us or an opportunity to <laughs> set well, free on people? <laughs> um, it's not not a game. <laughs> so this game, or not game, is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette thing that's happened to us, or we can repent for some bad etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I'm going to vent. Mm. I would like to discuss uh-huh. what is happening with people who walk up the middle of stairs. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with there. We could just edit right there. Yeah. On top of that, uh-huh. often on their phones. Okay. Are you watching a video on stairs? <laughs> that, that feels dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. And they're in the middle. So people can't go around. I mean, this is happening to you all the time. This happens to me. Well, it happened yesterday with this woman where okay. I'm unbelievable, but I see it happen Move to the side. Yeah. Get off your phone. What is happening in this world where we are walking up the middle of stairs? Wow. It's the end of civilization. And, and on your phone, can't you have two two seconds? Yeah. I can't. And is this when you're going upstairs or downstairs? Are you up? So you're behind this person. I'm always behind. Okay. I'm always behind these middle of stairs. Um, and then people are c- trying to come down the stairs. Mm. Have you no... Personal space. Sense of yeah. other people. Yeah. Because also when you're on your phone, because it's dangerous to be on your phone and moving, they're probably walking slower than they would ordinarily. So they're not only in the middle of the stairs, but they're actually at a pace that is lugubrious. Oh, they're, oh, they're always going slow. It's yeah. n- if you're a speed sprinter going up the middle of the stairs, doesn't matter. Right. But it's never the speed sprinters. Yeah. So do we secretly hope that they trip and hurt themselves? No, I don't think that way no. about people. Okay. <laughs> Leah's secretly nodding <laughs> aggressively. I just want them to stop doing it. And what I want to do is yell, you're going first in the apocalypse, which I've said before. Uh-huh. And it's really what I believe. But I feel rude doing that. I feel like if I address it, I become the rude person. Well, I would say, oh, I'm so sorry. Can I sneak by you? Oh, I do say that mm-hmm. because I don't have 45 minutes <laughs> to get somewhere that should take me five minutes. Yeah. But why are they doing it? It feels short-sighted. And then some people look at you like, oh my God, I can't believe you need to move up these stairs at a regular human fashion <laughs> while I'm watching the television show Friends. I saw a person walking through Times Square, mm. which is for those of you at home, the Times Square subway station is packed. Yeah. All, most of the subway stuff there, it's busy. They had a cell phone on a necklace oh. that had a holder. So they were watching. Oh, so like hands-free. Hands-free watching a show oh. on their phone in front of them while they walked through the subway station. To have specialized Mm-mm. equipment. <laughs> Attached to your body, which enables you to watch video on your phone hands-free in public. While you're walking in one of the busiest places in the entire world. Wow. Have you no common decency? Wow. Yeah. And it was a sitcom. It wasn't like this person. I mean, does that make a difference? It did. It did to me because I always, you know me, I'm like, maybe it's like a, a thing maybe that you're helps watching them. C, you're watching C-SPAN. Or maybe it's a thing that helps them see in some way. No, it was a, they were watching television shows. Mm. I got in close enough so I could judge them. 
without feeling bad mm-hmm. to make sure that I was accurate at what I was seeing. Well, what I was seeing. Let us hear it. <sighs> so new restaurant just opened up in the neighborhood. Great. I feel like all of my events. <laughs> oh, this is a vent in case my tone was not incredibly clear. <laughs> I was dining in a restaurant, like all restaurants in New York, it's a little cozy. So we're in like near the corner. So we're at a a two top table. So we're across from each other. And then the corner table is right next to us. So there's like two people on a banquette. And then they had actually like four people around the table because there's like a little extra width. So the back of the person who was nearest our table had their back sort of to my right shoulder. So we're like at perpendicular angles, but there was actually plenty of space for everybody. No problem. But as this person was drinking more and more, they backed their chair further and further away from their table, Mm -hmm. which means they were closer and closer to my chair to the point where the back of the chair was touching the side of my chair. Nope. And then he leaned back further and now his head is over my sight line. No. So now not only have you breach the invisible walls of my chair line. You have now made it reclined into my zone. Was this United Airlines flight? It was. That's unbelievable. This is more reclined than being good on United Airlines. Oh, wow. Yeah. You Uh, are within your rights to hit the side of their head. Well, so as it was- I don't agree with touching anybody. I apologize. (laughs) So as this was sort of happening slowly and slowly in slow motion, I could not say anything without him hearing, which obviously I was saying something to all the people at my table, be like, oh, this is interesting that this is happening. Hoping he would hear, because if you could hear it a whispered tone, obviously you would then be like, oh, maybe I should not be in this person's personal space. So I did say something like, oh, actually, like maybe, you know, rearrange ourselves here. And then he did, but then he did it again in my space. So like, I could not actually reach for the fork because now I have to keep my elbow so tight to my body because there's no space. Unbelievable. 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 Yeah. Like nowhere else in New York City have I experienced this. Yeah. No, that's crazy rude. Yeah. I, I mean, this we person were, definitely walks in the middle of stairs and looks at their phone all the time. I mean, so disrespectful. Of a your lot space. of people are going first in the apocalypse. So, Leah, what have we learned? I've learned two things about you. Oh. One of them is that we both are people that go back and check if the oven is off. That is true. Yes. I like that about you. I sometimes now know that I'm going to do it. So as I'm standing in the door, I say, oven, fish tank, candles, Mm -hmm. done. Verbally. Yeah, verbally. So I'm like, you already repeated it out loud. Are you going to go back again? Because Mm -hmm. that's borderline. Yeah. Right. Okay. And the other thing is, is that you, even if people want to keep their cake recipes, you are a cake recipe sharer. Yeah. Spread the love. Spread the love. And I learned that there is such a device that allows people to watch video hands-free in subway stations. I can't even. I'm going to have to Google this. Yeah, I Googled it when I got home. It feels like an extreme version of a selfie stick. It is. It It feels like selfie stick 2.0. It feels like the beginning of that movie that came out so long ago. It was meant to be as a joke where people end up just staying in their homes. Like. Do you remember that? It's with um, the actor Matthew Fox, I think. And like everybody just orders things at home and just watches things in front of them. And I was like, oh, we're starting this. I mean, that's just called winter in New York. (laughs) You just get your food delivered. Yeah. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks to you out there for listening. If I had your address, I'd send you a handwritten note on my engraved stationery. And you know, 
I really would send a note. No, he absolutely would. Yeah, it's not just a line. I know, I know. He's signing both our names. Yes, my name last. And so thanks for listening. And please subscribe to the show and leave us a nice review wherever you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it. And the algorithm is really helpful. Yeah, it would really mean a lot to us for many reasons. Yeah, the algorithm actually, like the way we rank and how people discover our show is affected by the number of reviews we get. So we like it for a lot of reasons. Not just because it makes us feel like we're living a life worth living, but because (laughs) it helps us promote. Yeah, so a lot of reasons. And uh, also follow us on Instagram and follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our newsletter and visit our website, wereyourraisedbywolves.com. We have a lot of homework for people. Yeah. yeah. A lot of tasks. If it's too overwhelming, just pick one. Pick one. It's fine. Or you don't have to do anything. Just enjoy us. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye. Okay, it's time for... (laughs) A little sip of cordial of kindness. Kindness cordial that we're forcing on Nick. So Leah wanted an opportunity in the show to like say nice things and I'm only going to give her 30 seconds and she makes me do it too. I mean, and this time I'm making Nick go first because I always go first. (sighs) Bossy. See how nice I am? All right, fine. 30 (laughs) seconds. So I want to read a nice review that we got because I do love the reviews that come in because they make it all worthwhile. Yeah, They really do. (laughs) They do. When I'm staying up late at night editing this thing. So the review is just very nice. It says, I love that the hosts always get right to the point each episode. Don't get me wrong. I love banter heavy pods, but there is something so refreshing about this. Also, I've learned so much about things I might never even think about. So I think that's wonderful. It's really nice. So thank you whoever wrote this. This makes it all worthwhile. So thanks. All right. You got 30 seconds, Leah. And my would like to say that my um, things that I'm really kind that I think is wonderful and kind is actually you, Nick Layton. <gasps> and I would like to take a second and maybe even 30 seconds to say how much I appreciate. Oh, how we hard can you give you more than 30 all, seconds. Maybe, can I oh, break the 30 no seconds? time limit. How hard you work on our super cute Instagram with all the like wonderful, uh, you know, little pictures with words on it. <laughs> I don't even know what they're called. You're so good at they're it. They're called pictures. They're pictures with words and you do such a great edit and all of the mailing lists are so wonderful and I just think you're really terrific you're so terrific (laughs) and I am so grateful for you and how wonderful you are at producing and creating and making this all happen thank you thank you this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV Acorn TV and Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month. So it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. 
Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month. So it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.